0: Hi, welcome to the Business Class ESL break room. We're a company of passionate language trainers and coaches. We're here to share ideas, to improve our skills, and strengthen the training community. Come in for some inspiration, leave with tips to apply to your sessions today. Daphne Ellie, the founder of Business Class Language Solutions, explains why using the term trainer is important. We'll be looking at how language training differs from classroom setting teaching and why it matters that you, as a trainer, insist on marking the difference with your clients. After this conversation, we hope you'll think twice before allowing casual references by clients to English teacher and even the words homework and class. Is it just semantics? Let's find out. Daphne, thanks so much for joining me today. Today we've got a topic that for some may be splitting hairs, whether you call yourself language trainer or language teacher. Cambridge Dictionary says trainer is a person who teaches skills to people or animals and prepares them for a job, activity, or sport. While the dictionary says teacher is a person who instructs or trains others, especially in a school. Seemingly similar, so what gives? What is your take on this and why is it important for us?
1: Thank you for having me. Um, for me, there's a distinct uh, difference between teacher and trainer. Uh, in the French market, we often hear teachers, trainers being referred to as prof d'anglais. For me, we are not prof d'anglais, we are not teachers because we're working in a totally different environment. We're working with business professionals in business environment. When you are a teacher, you normally have a syllabus that you follow in a linear fashion. So, technically, you would start with the present simple, and you would grade up towards, let's say, uh, the present perfect continuous. Just to give you an example. Mm -hmm. In the business world, We don't have that time at our disposal, and neither does the the learner. Mm -hmm. They have a job to do. Uh, They're right in the middle of the difficulty of not being able to speak English. And whether they know that it's the present simple or the past continuous, what does it really matter? What matters is that they can communicate, and that the person they're communicating with gets the message. So, For me, a trainer is somebody who looks at the objectives of the learner at that present time. What does that learner need to do? And those are the objectives that guide the learning plan for the learner during the time that he has at his disposal. So that could be 10 hours or it could be 40 hours. Mm -hmm. A teacher has a much longer span of time, it seems to me, to get things done. Mm-hmm. And f- for me that is essential. Um, also we need to think about mindset. Mm. We're talking about going into companies, talking to business professionals, talking to managers, talking to key account managers. Uh, and. We need to, be, we need to uh, impress on them that we are not here to teach them things, but to help them to do what they do in their jobs better. And for me, that is the difference. I could say, okay, well, before you give a presentation, you need to know how to use the present perfect. So I'll teach them the present perfect. Because I think, as a teacher, I know what that person needs. Mm -hmm. But if you listen to the learner, the learner will actually tell you, I've got this presentation in two weeks and, you know, I've got to do it. So you don't have time to teach the present perfect. So you have to involve the learner in the learning process and find out from the learner what he or she has to do. And your job as a trainer is to get them there. So for me, Mm -hmm. that was one of the reasons why I started business class, because I was a teacher for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. I've had 20, 30 years of experience. And when I started the company in 2003, it was for me the way of saying to the market, we're not, please don't undervalue our competencies and our skills. We are native speakers but we also have diplomas and we are pedagogues. We know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And it was very very important for me to uh, hire a team of trainers uh, that had the right mindset and also to send out the message to the market that It's not because you speak English, it's not because you're a native speaker that you're a good trainer. Mm -hmm. And this, for me, was my crusade when I started my company. For me, teachers were undervalued. uh, And calling them trainers, okay, maybe splitting hairs, but for me it's to do with the mindset. A person who goes into a company feeling that they are on a par with the people they are in the the room with, Uh, that they are there to learn from their learners and collaborate in the learning process. That is Mm -hmm. for me what a trainer uh, embodies. A teacher for me is somebody who says okay I know where you're at, this is what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. For me that's a different approach. I'm not saying that a teacher in a classroom has the wrong approach. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Mm -hmm. I have enormous respect for teachers. But I think we're not in the same business. Right. And I'd love the market to appreciate that.
0: Right. So when you talk about the market appreciating that, that makes me think this is when we refer to how the clients refer to us and how the other members of their company or the HR or whoever is hiring us, how mm-hmm. they refer to us, that is important, and it's not just for us to call ourselves trainers. Can you speak to that aspect?
1: Yes. Um, I mean, I've had experience of going into a company and the receptionist uh, calls my learner and says, Ah, oui, uh, tiens, Jérôme, ton prof d'anglais est là. And I would immediately, politely, of course, correct her and say, no, I'm sorry, I'm not a prof d'anglais, je suis sa formatrice. Mm -hmm. And why was that important? Because um, in business, other, uh, other types of training, for example, marketing, communication, IT training, leadership training, we don't talk about a teacher, we don't talk about ta prof de marketing, or ton prof de, de communication. We refer to them as either intervenant, ou formateur, ou animateur. Mm-hmm. And we don't use those school terms when we talk about other types of training. So why is it because it's English? Do we use that terminology that we use in school? Mm, it's almost like a default where we all revert back to those
0: students right. we were
1: back in the middle school or That's right. in college, as they say in French. Exactly. And how many times, as a trainer, have you heard somebody say, Oh, mais oui, mais j'étais nul à l'école. Tu, tu vois, je suis une mauvaise élève. Uh, je, je, je fais jamais mes devoirs. Uh, uh, they put themselves. J'ai pas appris mes leçons. You know, so all of this kind of language mm-hmm. doesn't help uh, the learner understand the role of the person in the room with him. that person is not there to sanction him to give him a bad mark mm-hmm. there's no There's no bad marks right. uh, And and a mistake is not a foot a mistake mm. is an important part of the learning process and if mm. you say oh, well, you know, that was wrong, then we go straight back and you put the learner back into that position of being a child, uh, of being um, in, in a position of um, subservience, mm-hmm. and that is definitely not we, what we want. So how, how have you countered that
0: uh, when you've come across that? What would you say to one of your learners who starts that? oh, and, and if you don't speak French, you start acting like, oh, I didn't do my homework. Yes, yeah, what yes, What can you...
1: It's, it's not an easy, uh, it's not a quick process. You, you know, you can't just say in two minutes, oh, well, don't talk like that, you know, we don't use that vocabulary. It's It's a process where you have to start educating the learner and say, okay, homework, for you, what does homework mean? Mm-hmm. And there the person will say... Oh, well, it meant, you know, slogging in the evening and uh, doing your homework five minutes before class or cheating or, you know, all these negative things. Mm -hmm. And I think people know know more about how the brain works, but we know that negative feelings stop people from learning. That's right. Mm -hmm. So... I think our first job is to try and create that positive environment where the learner doesn't feel threatened, where the learner isn't put back into the position of being uh, considered, uh, you know, a null or stupid. Um, that, okay, maybe he wasn't a good student at school, but that doesn't mean to say that he can't learn enough English to do his job better. Mm-hmm. So it is a slow process, and with, I think... Um, with um, the fact that a trainer should listen and help the learner to understand that not here to judge him or her we're here to help that person do his or her job better and because we have the knowledge because we have a certain expertise we can can be a guide for that person Mm -hmm. but in no way are we to say okay, well, you have to learn this and you have to pronounce this word this way because that's the way we say it in English. You know? Mm. To be honest, if a person says, he don't, instead of he doesn't, you, as a as a guide, as a, a trainer, you have to measure whether that is fundamentally mm. important for that person to say, he doesn't, instead of he don't. Mm-hmm. If... You think that for the time being, he don't will be okay. Obviously, you keep it in mind that you need to correct it. But are you going to say to that person, well, we can't learn anything else until you've got that right? Right. What a pity for that person. You are stultifying the learning process. If you mm. say, okay, well, yeah, okay, he don't is acceptable for today. -hmm. We'll write it down, we'll make sure that we work on that so that you'll start to say he doesn't. Right. Okay? Okay? But be gentle, be kind to the person. Yeah. Uh, We need to be, uh, as adults, it's sometimes very difficult for people to get back into the seat of a learner. Yes. Yes. Their ego. You know, they could be top manager and they could have, let's say, an A2 level. You have to know how to handle those people. You can't Mm. go around saying, that's wrong or that's not the way we say it. That hurts. Right. And that we, our job, I think, as a trainer, is to create that trust with the Mm. learner. And when you've got the trust of the learner, you can do almost anything. You can Mm. say almost anything. Because they, they know that they can that that you have that they have your support fantastic it's so a partnership in a sense it's a partnership yes yeah. it's not top down right it's a collaboration and this is what I I always say to my learners when I was a trainer I said okay we're here together we're going to work together i'm not going to tell you necessarily what we should do we're going to work that out together what do you need to do in your job mhm and then we say, and I can help you. Okay, well, to be able to do that, this is what you need to do. Are you ready to do that? Mm-hmm. How can we do it together? Right. It's not, I know what you want, you're a B- B1, and so this is the program. Right. Okay? When I recruited uh, trainers for business class, I was always interested in the way they talked about their learners. Mm. And if I heard things like, "I told them to do this," "I got them to do that," I would always worry that that was the top-down method that I didn't mm-hmm. want to see. Okay. If you tell somebody to do something, it's a lot different from saying, "Well, how about doing it this way? What do you f- do? You think that would be a good way for you to learn?" Mm-hmm. You, you know, if I'm buy-in. if mm-hmm. I'm saying if you say to me. Uh, Oh, I need a list of irregular verbs. You could say, "Okay, well, I'll bring you a list next week. I did that. I have to admit that I did Mm -hmm. that. And I went, I scurried off to the cupboard and I made a photocopy and I gave it to the person next week. Now, I wouldn't ever do that. I'd say, ah, you want a list of irregular verbs. Fantastic. Okay, let's start by making your own list a list of verbs that mean something to you. Mm. Not my list, not the publisher's list. I mean, who wants to know the verb to seek sort sort? Right. You know, it, it's an interesting verb, but how many times do you use that? True, true, so true. So, you know, th- I think this is the difference in the attitude of the teacher saying, OK, well, this is the list of irregular verbs. Learn them for next week. hmm you know? Mm-hmm. Or saying, brilliant. It's true, you need to know the irregular verbs. But which ones do you need to know? Right. Only the ones
0: you want to use. It's really customizing it and helping them customize it. Which that's right. Which invests. Thank you, that's very enlightening. And I'd like to just also touch upon the other aspect we mentioned is not just the learner and and, and the trainer that we refer to ourselves as trainers, but... The peripheral people, the Mm. HR and the receptionist, what impact can that have on the organization of your training? In other words, why is it important that trainers also present themselves and use that language with everybody that they deal with and not just the learner? Mm. What impact can that have on the setup of the training, for example, or future trainings?
1: I think it's important to have all the the people involved, especially the stakeholders, you know, the the HR, the responsable de formation. Uh, If we could get the managers on board too, that would be even better Mm -hmm. because what we need to create and what we uh, try to put forward is that the trainer is central uh, in the learning process. But it also it takes the rest of the company to convey the same message to the employees, so if the HR person um, undervalues the person who's giving the language training, okay well you know he speaks English and you know he comes in every week and that's not conveying the, the message that English language training is not just for recreation purposes but it's it's a tool to increase people's performance so the hr the receptionist everybody has to understand that English language training is is more than just having a good time and getting 2 hours off work you know to to speak English right it's much more than that it's as important as any other training that a company might spend a lot more money on Mm -hmm. so you know what's what's in a name Uh, everybody has a name and that name has an importance to a person I mean for example my name's Daphne but sometimes people call me Dorothy Dorothy or Delphine and to me that's not very respectful oh Absolutely. (laughs) So, if you consider yourself as a trainer and somebody's calling you a prof d'anglais, then, to me, that shows also a lack of respect. Right. So, I know it's a term, but it means a lot. And also, the the way that we um, comport ourselves, the way we talk, the way we dress, um, all of that... Is part of our image, and we mustn't forget that in companies, uh, you know, we're dealing with people who have um, a marketing team who work on their identity, who work on their brand image. Right. So they know what it means to have an image and a posture. A yeah,
0: absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: And a posture. You know, the posture is very important.
0: And and to that subject, what I always appreciate about you is when we first met and you explained how you tried to negotiate out of or steer HR people out of the lunchtime uh, Mm. time windows or the late evening time windows. You know, A lot of times the lesson would be relegated to the most um, inconvenient time for a a trainer and the most convenient, in quotes, uh, time for the learner. I always appreciated how you... Presented that as no, that was that, yes. Would you put a manager,
1: uh, right. management training at lunch? Exactly, exactly. That's that is, and and yes, you're right to bring that up because that is part and parcel of this, um, this mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, English can be relegated to lunchtime, mm-hmm. and uh, the late night slot. You know, mm-hmm. five to seven, or even six to eight. When we know, as trainers, that those are the two times in the day when people are not receptive. First of yeah. all, at lunchtime, they're hungry. Yeah. They've already been at work for four hours, so they're tired. They need that break. Yeah. And at six to eight, okay, if that's the only slot, why not? But we know that, you know, the, the, the retention the degree of retention is, is less. I mean, right. we are human beings too. Huh? Right. The other thing that I would also put forward is, is to say that, you know, we have to respect le code du travail as well. Of course, yeah. And people need breaks. Work laws, yeah. And, laws. you know, for a trainer who's starting at 8 in the morning doing 8, 10, 10, 12, and then 12 to, to 2, when does he get a break? Mm. So... You know, you as an HR person know that we have to stick to the code de travail, and so, as I do too, because I'm the manager of this company. Right. So I have to really take care of um, the mental health and the, 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 the physical health of my trainers. Right, and which is
0: another great and valid reason for a trainer themselves to take that posture and to really affirm and not accept Being referred to as prof d'anglais, I mean, as you say, I don't know if I may would have in the past corrected someone, but maybe now after this conversation, I would Mm -hmm. be more likely to say, no, actually, yes, (laughs) because it does. I mean, of course, we are a business and we're a service-oriented business, and when the only time slot available is lunch, we do what we can for the client. So yes, we do. As trainers, we all do work through lunch, and I accept that myself as part of my obligation at times. But Mm -hmm. it's appreciable and appreciated your attitude, and it also gives me food for thought as a trainer to try and also um,
1: defend that (laughs) argument in my own dealings. I'd support you in that. Obviously, we have to be polite, uh, no aggressivity, because most of the time people don't realize what they're saying and what it means you know Uh, but I think the parallel with your first name is a good one if somebody mispronounces your name or miss you know doesn't even remember your name absolutely this can I just uh, a final word of course sometimes I'm very surprised when I ask a learner well who was your trainer Mm. and they don't know the trainer's first name Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, Catherine or Carole, maybe, c'était qui déjà? Uh, you know? Mm. I find that shocking. I find that shocking. Now, why does that... Ha- is it because the trainer hasn't said his name? Or is it because the learner just doesn't really care what the, the person's name is? I don't know. But it's a
0: good and food for thought. As the yes. name of this broadcast is, because of course it's up to us as well to reassert or assert ourselves after the first lesson or yeah. insert ourselves into the conversation as not just the person who shows up with some exactly. worksheets, but exactly the coach, the trainer, the partner in learning. Yeah. And,
1: and and the I think one of the ways that we can um make people appreciate their English language training is for them to see the successes mm-hmm. after one, two, three or four sessions of English, they can see that they're making progress. Mm-hmm. And that coming to the uh, English session is a must for them because, wow, yes, now I know a few expressions that I can use in my emails.
0: Right.
1: You know, I have built a glossary of terms with my trainer uh, of, of, of expressions that I can use in my emails. And that means, well, yeah, it's not just, okay, it's fun to go to English. Hopefully, it's always fun. Yeah. But it's useful. And I will make time for that in my day because I'm getting something out of it.
0: That's a great reminder to all of us trainers
1: listening to
0: remember to put that little check-in and to feel free to remind people what they've learned over the previous weeks. Exactly. And... um, There again, I noticed your pointed use of the word session and not class, (laughs) not course. Yes. This is a professional environment. Yes. Well, Daphne, I know your time is limited, so I want to thank you for this enlightening conversation and we hope anyone listening will give a second thought to how they present themselves and what they use to refer to
1: themselves as trainers. So thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Well, if if we all can feel... uh, Confident in ourselves, what we do, we know what we're doing is good, then we should be proud of that, and the way of being of showing that we're comfortable in that position is to act like you are that person. I always remember when I started the company, a coach said to me, "You don't believe in yourself, do you, Daphne?" And I said, "Well, you know, I'm a trainer, and I'm trying to build my company." And she said, half the battle is that you have to believe that you're the manager of this company. And believing it shows. It, you know, you send, you send the right vibes. You send the messages out to people. Okay, I am the manager. Mm-hmm. And you can do that as a trainer. Okay, I'm your trainer. I know what I'm doing. This is my worth, and this is why I'm here, and this is how I can help you. Absolutely, and as a trainer, we are many of us,
0: or those who are freelance or independent. You are the manager and of CEO course. of
1: your own business. There, that's and right. So it it really does believe so. in yourself. The best. That's what I, I say to everybody. Excellent. You you can do more than you think you can do. A fantastic
0: advice and a great <laughs> note to finish on. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for talking to me. See you soon. Bye bye. Thanks for joining
0: us in the Business Class ESL Breakroom, the podcast designed to bring business English trainers useful ideas, inspiration, and conversation that motivates. Follow us on Instagram at business underscore class underscore language and subscribe to the ESL Breakroom playlist on Spotify, Deezer, or Apple Music for new episodes. See you next time.